Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. I'm Natalie Millisnell, and you are listening to Seize the Day. Now, I am really looking forward to today's show because my guest is absolutely wonderful. She is a transactional analysis expert and a therapeutic success coach, coach even, blending the two beautifully in her work to in service of others. She is an incredibly well-qualified and professionally skilled individual, and I don't think I need to see anything else, really. Please put your hands together for the absolutely fabulous Lucy Power. What a beautiful introduction. Thank you so much, Natalie. Thank you. Yes, all of that is true. I am all of those things. Thank you, you really are. Yeah. And it, but it is amazing. I was looking on your website before, actually, when we, we spoke literally before we just started recording. And it's rich, actually, your your experience and your journey through life and what you've done. And actually, and I, as I said there in the intro, in service of others. Always. It's really powerful. Really, really powerful. And Was yeah, on my website? No, I don't know. I picked that up. I, I'm sorry. I took that. For, yeah, I, in terms of what I read on your website, the, the fact that everything that you've done for me screams in service of others is really, yeah. really beautiful. Sure. That's what struck me. So it, I'm, I'm so chuffed to be yeah. chatting with you. I'm always so chuffed to chat to you. Natalie, thank you for having me on your podcast. It's lovely to be here with you today. I'm really, really excited. Who knows what we're going to talk about? Oh, exactly. And... <laughs> Let's see where it goes. Yeah. Now, for anybody who's not familiar with your good self, a bit of an intro there. Who are you, Lucy? How did you get to be this incredible individual? You know, the, you know, wealth of knowledge, a beautiful things that you deal with, particularly with TA, and it would be nice to explore that a bit more. But how did you get here? What's what's the life journey for you? What a beautiful question. I think I think a lot of who I am now came from feeling like I didn't belong in my family of origin. Um, I'm gay. Uh, I my my mum and dad were complex. They had this, you know, my dad's died now, um, but my mum is still complex, and we still have a complex relationship that I manage a lot better now than I used to do. But in my early childhood, my mum and me didn't bond. Um, when I was born, she struggled to attach to me because she was in active grief when I was born, and um, from then really, I just I spiraled out of control. Her grief spiraled out of control. We didn't meet each other as babies and mums need to meet each other for health, for well-being, for, for good attachment. So I, that that was how I was how I was born. And then I was raised in quite a chaotic childhood. We were homeless several times. We when we weren't homeless, mum and dad ran hotels and bed and breakfast. So there were strangers in the house a lot. There was there was lots of huge alcohol issues all around me. There was lots and lots of alcoholism, lots of parties, lots of chaos, lots of drama and I I never felt safe and settled and I, I lost any sense of belonging that I could have had in that kind of poor attachment at the beginning and then the party chaos atmosphere of, of my childhood and um therefore those things became really important to me calm steady belonging mm. inclusion equity sense of community and family yeah. that those things are everything to me and a, and a sense of love as well all around me and I've spent my time since I had any autonomy at all I suppose since like teenage once I stopped numbing gaslighting drugging yeah. and alcoholing myself to stupidity I I calmed down and find found ways to help others to calm down and I you know I started off as a support worker for people with learning difficulties and then I was a social worker 
and then it, I went into management in social services and then in the care sector until I'd started training as a transactional analyst in 2013 and then qualified as a coach in 2016 and started training coaches in transactional analysis and that's where we are now you know I've, I've got this history as a social worker this history as a an emotionally neglected and abused kid who didn't belong and was very frightened most of the time during my childhood and I brought everything I learned about how bad that was into all of the stuff I've done in service as you beautifully um, have named of other people so that they can find what I found quicker I, I really hope that that's that's something that I try to do is, is put everything into ease and into one place for people so that they can get to where I've worked really hard and struggled a lot to get to through having um years and years of my own psychotherapy I'm, I'm still in weekly psychotherapy with a transactional analyst because I'm still training to be a transactional analyst it's a long journey um and I still have coaching as well as offering coaching and I have supervision for psychotherapy and for coaching because I want to be able to offer the best that I possibly can of myself to other people so yeah that it, hope that helps you to understand that is, it, yeah it's beautiful honestly it's beautiful and it's kind of a lived informed way of actually living out your support and service for others and how you can yeah. enable because there's almost a self-identification in terms of what clients might bring to the table plus the study and everything that you, you know you've you've built up in the learning the academic side of things there's actually a lived experience there as well there is it, it's all I think the study for me, I was so bewildered during my childhood, frightened and bewildered are probably the, the two main words that, that I'd used to describe my, my childhood. And I think from that, I needed to study, I needed to learn stuff. So I did, I, did, I started a psychology A-level, and no, I did, I did psychology A-level. I started a psychology degree. I did a degree in philosophy, did a master's in social work, a master's in business. I, I, I learned these, and then obviously psycho, psychotherapy and, and coaching. But I did that to learn how people tick so that I could learn how I tick and so I could learn how to meet people with my brain head, head brain, because I didn't know how to do it. I didn't have that natural way of getting on with people because I didn't attach well with my mother. And that's where we learn that stuff. We learn how to attune with other people, how to recognize and meet other people through that initial attachment relationship, which I didn't have or, or when it, it was very inconsistent. So I learned that stuff by rote by learning, by reading academic stuff. Right. And then I put that into practice and through putting that into practice, I became able to attune, to recognize my own needs, wishes, wants, feelings, and thoughts, and to know where I ended and others begin. And this is all stuff that I missed, I lacked learning because of the attachment stuff that was missing for me. Yeah. Um, I've repaired that, I've repaired my nervous system. I've, I've re-navigated the, the the neuroplasticity of my brain and become someone who's healthy with a calm and grounded way of being in the world but I was not that because I didn't have the the building blocks for that as a baby yeah and just listening to you articulate that as well it's absolutely beautiful I mean it really really it warms my soul and gives me kind of inspiration as well in terms of how, you know listening to the words you use listening to how you describe helping developing growing yourself finding what you needed seeing it in the words in the pages learning that way being able to reflect and develop yourself with support as well you've talked about you know the fabulous services that you still use at the moment yourself and then to be able to help and support others as well do you find there's still work to do though as well oh on a personal yeah. level yeah. yeah I'm never going to stop having but yeah 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 <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm about to have some EMDR therapy as well to address an early trauma that I've only just become aware of that impacts the way I relate to people now. And there's not much in the way I relate to people now that's problematic because I'm so self-aware after having 20 years of weekly psychotherapy and group psychotherapy and coaching and all the things. But um, yeah, it's this another level, another devil. I've heard that said by somebody <laughs> That's else. brilliant. I've not heard that before. <laughs> Unfortunately, I keep, I keep going through portals and accessing new levels of understanding about myself and thinking, oh God, there's something else I need to sort out now. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite sayings, my transaction analysis supervisor said this a few years ago to me and it really struck me. We can only meet others as far as we've met ourselves. And, you know, the, the, yeah. the industry of coaching and psychotherapy, I need to be able to meet the people that I'm working with, the people that I'm serving, the people I'm supporting really deeply mm-hmm. to guide them into themselves so they can meet themselves really deeply. And I can only ever do that as far as I've met myself. So I need to know how I operate, where I end and begin, what, what bits are impacting me so that I'm not taking projection or transference or counter-transference in those relationships so I'm really clear about what's their stuff and what's my stuff so I've met myself deeply on purpose so that I can be a sharper tool for other people um, and and a sharp tool for myself as well you're so right and a a good friend of mine and we were talking about this recently it's understanding our own blind spots as well isn't it it's doing the work on ourselves so as you quite rightly you know I beautifully said it as well you can meet others as well and help them go deep in that sense and if we haven't done the work on ourselves we we actually won't even recognize when someone needs that additional bit of work themselves anyway because you you need to you know tap in a bit deeper absolutely we need to it start. I think it all starts with ourselves. We need to understand how we're operating in the world and what we're thinking, what we're feeling, what we're needing. And we need to be able to articulate that assertively with a sense of vulnerability in ourselves too. And, and to be able to articulate our needs to ourselves first and foremost, but also to others, you know, let's involve mm. them in this. Let's, let's yeah. meet Great, yeah. intimacy and, and, and co-create the way that we take care of ourselves. Yeah co-create I like that co-create how we take yes as a mutual relationship as a however that looks and what whoever that is in your life you know friendships uh, you know romantic relationships family relationships all of that understanding the boundaries we need as well understanding the self-care and self-love that we need in order to be able to articulate it for somebody else and in that showing ourselves the self-love so people know how we need to be loved absolutely that's so beautifully put thank you <laughs> no, no no I'm only I'm feeding off you literally you're inspiring me what you know this is what this is about <laughs> it's beautiful so now you mentioned a great expression earlier about being self-aware and finding that what does that mean for you and how would you know for anyone who's perhaps not um, touched in too much in that area what does that mean for you and and how you work with clients to you know show that as well yeah I love that question and I've thought so much about this since the early days of being a social worker, really, is what I've understood about all the people, <laughs> most of the people that I ever come across. We get taught when we're little kids how to use the toilet. We get taught how to use knives and forks. We get told off if we do it wrong. You know, we get taught how to brush our hair, how to tie our shoelaces, all of the, the important stuff that helps us to live and how to cross a road, stuff that keeps us alive, you know, big, big things. We don't get taught how to navigate our emotions. And we don't get taught how to tell the difference between a thought and a feeling and and how to 
propel ourselves forward into action. And I see thinking, feeling and behaviour as our whole way of being. So once we understand thinking and feeling and behaviour and how they interrelate with each other, we've, we've got it sorted, you know, we've got it going yeah. on. Once we grasp hold of that's something I've thought, that's something I'm feeling and that's something I'm going to do. And you might notice this yourself, listeners and you, Natalie, um, after you've heard me say this, you know, go out into the world and, and watch what happens as you do this. But there'll be some people in your life that you say, how are you feeling? And they'll tell you what they're thinking. Thinking, yes, yeah. What do you think about this? And they'll tell you what they're going to do about it. And there's some people who you say, what are you going to do about that then? And they'll tell you how they're feeling. So we all have preferred routes of contact, either thinking, feeling or, or behaviour comfort zones within within that triad within that way of within our way of being and and we have blind spots there as well or places where we will not go so some people will not cannot access their feelings some people will not or cannot access their thoughts and some won't or can't access their their behavior or their their action planning and i think self-awareness is about understanding yourself on all of those three levels mm. and being able to articulate what's going on for you. And I always say about feelings, they're just like needing a wee, you know, there's no drama there. <laughs> if you're angry or sad or frightened or happy, it's just like needing a wee. So uh, your bladder gets uncomfortable. And what we're taught when we're potty training is, oh, my bladder's uncomfortable. That means I need to go to that, that room and sit on that thing and yeah. let go of my bladder and let the wee come out and then that feeling will go away and I'll be fine and anger and sadness and joy and fear are the same as that a feeling in our bodies that that calls us to do something to meet a need or to solve mm. a problem and then off we go and do that and that involves thought as well so feelings and thoughts and then okay I need to go and sit on an emotional toilet I need to go and talk to somebody because they've upset me I need to tell them you know how to how to make that right with me or I need to get my stuff safe because I'm scared, or I need to celebrate this because I'm joyful. Our felt experience in our bodies tells us how to think and what to do. It helps us to solve a problem and meet a need, and we don't get taught that when we're kids. And so self-awareness for me is about educating ourselves about how we operate so that we can solve the problems and live a drama-free, nice, grounded, happy, contented, connected, intimate life beautiful exactly love that and talking feelings and thoughts as well how they influence behavior and then that ultimately influences the outcome of what's mm -hmm. going on so when we can really be aware of what's going on at the base there with the thoughts and the feelings what's going on and then actually how the reaction and the behavior that will then help influence what happens ultimately and as you've said you know how we navigate the world yeah and if we can do that in awareness and with all that we are then we're not going to have all the troubles that we can have when we do it outside of awareness or when we're reactive or when we don't know why we did that or don't know why we thought that or don't know why we felt that, but we did. You know, the more that we can understand ourselves, the better we can operate as a full and rounded human being. Brilliant. I love it. So someone's listening to this and they're thinking, yeah, but you know what? I've just got this issue with my family member and it, they drive me mad. I can't, you know, I just literally you know, rag, red, red flag, red rag to the ball, red rag to the ball. I'm not saying yeah. that right. You know what I mean? The ball lights the red, red rag. Thank you very much. <laughs> it, every time they say something, that's me. I, I, you know, I, I can't, I, I can't help it. What would you say in that instance? Oh, take it back to them always. Like 
what is this person inviting in you? What happens in you, for you, with you, when they wave their bull? bull Oof, right? yeah, so I've now simulated it in you <laughs> as well. We can't get it right. <laughs> for the listeners, me and Natalie are both holding up our red. Our red flag, exactly. <laughs> We're waving it. <laughs> to the bulls. Um, yeah, so that, that's, that's it really is always um, question yourself, what are they inviting in me? Mm. What are they triggering for me? What old stuff is being re-invited to come up to the surface and cause a bit of trouble in me? You know, what's happening? Because we can't change other people, can we? I think we do all know this. I think enough people have said this now that most people have heard this and we can't change other people. So my answer would never be, well, you can tell that family member to stop saying the thing and then it'll all be okay. That never solves the problem. We can't do that. We have to look for the, the point of trigger or invitation into the drama or the psychological game, that, which is what we call this horrible thing that repeats, that we can't help, that we can't stop ourselves from getting into between us and other people. We, we call it a psychological game in, in transactional analysis. So there's always an invitation into a psychological game and we can always RSVP, no thank you, I will not accept that today. But it's really hard to recognise the invitation and that's about recognising the peace in ourselves that gets activated by the way somebody else thinks or feels or behaves around us. Brilliant, brilliant. That's your question. Yeah, I, I believe it does actually. It, it, you mentioned it's about control as well, isn't it? It's what we can influence and what we control ourselves. You know, Stephen Covey talks about this. Really focus on the areas, you know, I can regulate how I react to something. I can take myself out of the situation. That's something I can actually control. I can decide not to go over to, you know, to their house if it's going to stimulate perhaps conversation or have the, the phone call or, you know, just take myself away to take a, a breathing space. I can't influence or control them. So it's managing and working within our own space to help us because ultimately we're responsible for our feelings and we can work with those and help ourselves in an active way. So no, yeah, absolutely beautiful. And we can, we can set boundaries. We can say yes. no, we can assert our needs. And yet, as I say, those three things there, most of the people I work with as clients, their areas that, that people struggle with. Mm. Um, I'm not sure it is most of the people I work with as clients. I think it's most of us, most of us most, struggle yeah, with. Yeah, true, yeah. So, my needs and saying no and saying I don't want you to speak to me like that I I'm not going to engage in this that, that's really hard for most of us yeah and it have every right to to do and say that stuff and to set boundaries is so powerful as well with a consequence like I don't want you to do that if you do that this is what's going to happen like yeah. as in I'll leave or I won't come around here again or that kind of stuff and that is all really really hard for most of us and that's something I help people to work on and wonderfully too. And this leans well into actually transactional analysis. And if, if you don't mind just exploring that a little bit for people who perhaps who are listening aren't, aren't particularly aware, because what struck me with what you were saying there in terms of saying no, as adults and as growing, you know, humans, more often than not, we don't know how to say no because we haven't been educated in that way or what we've seen around us. We don't feel that we can. So actually this then talks to the transactional analysis mode there a bit and actually how we can still make change. We can, we are beautiful, beautifully unique individuals and we all deserve to stand and shine in the light that's, you know, that's bright all around us. And we, we need to own that space. So do you mind talking to everyone a bit about transactional analysis and, and, and how that model works, if you like? I know, the, I'll, I'll see the smile coming. Yes, please, of course. <laughs> I, love, I love it. I'm going to do my very best to stay concise around this, Natalie. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, and what what I'll, what I'll do to help people who haven't heard of transactional analysis before is just to say it's a psychology. It's it's very all encompassing. It's used in organisations. Um, it's used in education, in psychotherapy, counselling, and obviously I use it in coaching. But there is not a route to qualify as a transactional analysis coach as yet. Oh, okay. With the with the international transactional analysis organisation, anyway. Okay. But, um. It's a, so it's a psycho it's a psychological approach to understanding ourselves, other people, and the stuff that happens in the space between us. And that's the best way I found of of looking at it because the transaction in the name is what you say to me and what I say back to you. That's one transaction. So we then analyze what you said to me and what I said back, mm-hmm. which takes us back to that family men- member who's waving the red rag. Yeah, they do this, and then I can't help it, but I have to do this say this or feel this way but actually we can help it so transactional analysis helps us to manage all of that stuff and there are three foundational principles or guiding principles or philosophies of trans in transactional analysis and they're that we're all okay so no matter what each of us thinks or feels or does underneath that there's a core of okayness and okayness is neither good or bad really it doesn't mean we're all great it, it just means we're all okay we all have the right to be here the right to be seen and heard, the right to exist. So we're all okay. And we can all think. And that, I love this one, because when we know that those other people can all think, and when we know that we can think, it lets us off the hook from doing their thinking for them or from rescuing them, from yeah. stepping in and saying, you should do it like this, or I think you should think like this, like I do. Um, and it also invites other people to get off the, their hook from doing that to us too. So we're all okay, we can all think. And then the third and final, and this is my favorite, and this is why I'm here. This is why I became a support worker and a social worker and um, trained in psychotherapy, trained in in coaching, all the things. And it's, we all choose our fate, as in we all choose the way our life's gonna roll, choose how we show up in our world. And we can change our minds at any time. And it's the change, the invitation to change our minds at any time. by mind in this context, I take that we can change the way we show up in our world through all of our thinking, our feeling and our behaving. And when we change our minds, when we change our inner world or the landscape of our inner world, we can change the landscape of our outer world. So as soon as we have a shift in our thinking, feeling and behaving and step through that portal into a different new iteration of ourselves, our outer world falls into place with that. And I'm not talking law of attraction. I'm talking particular <laughs> activating system here. I'm talking neurobiology and I'm talking, yeah, that really happens. So yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and um, on the RAS thing, which I always forget in terms of the actual words that back that up, but it's about seeing and bringing into your life evidence based on how you're thinking. So, you know, absolutely, it, and it yeah. supports that. So, you, you know, in terms of what, you know, if, if we're your family members pregnant, perhaps you start seeing everyone who's pregnant. If you bought a red car, you start seeing all red cars everywhere. It's the same principle in terms of actually what we're inviting from an emotional, behavioral and how we're being treated way. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we get what we focus on. We get what we expect. And our neurobiology conspires to make this so. And Eric Byrne, the father of transactional analysis, he knew this. He didn't know about the reticular activating system. I don't think it was named and, and written about as much as it is then uh, that this was back in the 1950s um but he the, the whole theory that he created transactional analysis is about we write a story about who we are and how the world is and how other people will treat us 
before we're around eight years old, you know, when we're little kids. Yeah. And then we live our lives as if that story is true. And because we're expecting, you know, everyone thinks I'm terrible or everyone's going to love me. I, you know, I do all good things in this world. Yeah. However, we believe about ourselves and the world is what we will see evidence for. Yeah. So if we believe we're inherently lovable, we'll get lots of evidence for that. If we believe we're un- inherently unlovable, we'll get lots we'll of evidence that. for that. Too. You know, I grew up, as I shared with you earlier, believing that I was inherently unlovable because I couldn't conceive that my mum was in active grief. And that's why she wasn't attaching with me. I only believed that I was unlovable. And then I got lots of evidence for that. And when I changed my mind, when I did the work to attach to my lovability, and, and really understood through and through that I'm utterly lovable, 100%. There's nothing in me that's unlovable. My, my outer world changed. Absolutely beautiful. And something I would like to seize on in that moment in terms of how we started the show as well and struck me because and I wanted to reflect on it. When I introduced you and I, I said all the things that you are, you quite beautifully sat there and said, and I am all of those things. And yeah, which is absolutely incredible because that, more often than not, we don't tell ourselves that. Mm-hmm. I am this in the positive, you know, I am not so good there or I am unable to do that or I can't, you know, it's, but, but sitting in that power, owning it, believing it is so incredible. It's taken years and years. It's taken 50 years. <laughs> I was going to say, you never look 50, but it was your birthday just the other day. I remember now, yeah. Bless you. Amazing. Something else that jumped to my mind as well is the drama triangle. When you spoke about the circle as well, in terms of how that influences and the impact, the, the hero fixing. So therefore, actually, you're given a narrative to the victim in the, in the triangle that actually I don't think you're capable of doing that. So then that drives a narrative. The persecutor, how they influence as well. But actually, when we change that to a beautiful circle and we, you know, we enable the victim in whatever situation it is, because we all, we all play that part. Ultimately, we all believe we're a victim of something. We can become a creator. You know, the, the, the hero becomes the coach and supports and enables that the villain becomes actually the challenger because we all need to be challenged. We all need to have that in our life. And it's a beautiful way to try to, you know, stop the pointy triangle and bring it into the universal circle yeah love it so the the drama triangles by Steve Cartman who I didn't get to meet at the global transaction analysis conference because that got cancelled due to the all the lockdown Um, and then AC Choi came up with the winner's triangle which I I I think you're referencing some reference from that so AC Choi said that instead of being instead of playing the role of the rescuer we be a resource giver or caring or a coach. It's, it's named in different ways, but I love coach because obviously I'm qualified coach as, as you are. Um, so I love that. And in coaching, we ask people questions in order to help them to elevate their thinking or to take more space for their thinking so that they can get to a place that they're not able to get to on their own because they're too mired in it all. They're too stuck in it and underneath it all. So in being a resource giver or a coach and saying, how can I support you? What do you need? So different to saying, it's okay, I'm here now. Step aside, I'm going to do it all for you. Yeah, exactly. Here I am on my white charger. And instead of being <laughs> instead of being a persecutor, we can be assertive. So we can say, hey, I need it like this, not like that. You know, we can, mm. we can speak our needs and own them and, and claim our space in the world. And instead of playing the victim, we can be vulnerable. And I know Brené Brown oh. talked. Oh, yes. I love that. And that's that's about understanding 
and expressing and claiming our needs related to our feelings. That's a lovely take on it as well. That's beautiful. And as you say on the, 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 the fixer coming in, yeah, no, I'll, I'll fish for you, but I'd rather teach you how to fish and then you carry yes. on and do it yourself, which oh, is amazing. Good analogy, Natalie. <laughs> give, so give a person a fish and they'll eat for a day. Teach them how to fish and they'll eat forever. Yeah, absolutely. exactly. Brilliant, Never brilliant. Coming. So now you're working with these beautiful, all of this incredible knowledge, all of this, you know, transactional analysis and then the therapeutic side, and you've blended it together to the power method. Is this right? And this is how you're working at the moment in the Power Institute. Yeah. Yes. I integrate transactional analysis psychotherapy with personal and business coaching, the full gamut. And it's, that is everything I, I use to do the work on myself to get me to where I am. The Power Institute is a learning and development platform where people are going to be able to access digital courses, self-study courses, coaching and psychotherapeutic programs and qualifications and stuff as well. So I'm really excited about that. And that is just launching now. Brilliant. How exciting. Right. The power method is my signature system. It's trademarked. It's mine. And it's a psychotherapeutic coaching method. It's yeah, it's a six step method that I take people through it's a journey it's a it's a map it's a route from not knowing yourself unawareness um feeling like you're mired in invitations to play psychological games and you don't know how to say no to autonomy so that's the the journey that I take people through I love that and with all of this beautiful work you're doing in service of others how do you look after yourself how do you keep that self-care in yeah, I'm very good at self-care. Um, <laughs> I really am. I love it so deeply. I've got a dog. I walk the dog every day as close to midday as possible because I live in the UK. There's not enough sunshine to blast me with the vitamin D I need. So I do that. I eat well. I, I'm, I'm well known within my circle for hydration. I'm mm. very well hydrated, which is possibly why I don't look quite 50, despite all the self-harming things I did earlier on in my life. <laughs> But um, yeah, very well hydrated. Um, but I think the main things I do is to have coaching, regular coaching, have weekly psychotherapy, sometimes as well, that's one-to-one psychotherapy. And sometimes I engage in group psychotherapy too. Um, but that keeps me nourished and topped up and keeps my cup full. Um, and I have supervision with a psychotherapy or somebody who's dual qualified, somebody who's qualified in psychotherapy and coaching. And all of these people see me and challenge me as well, which we both agree that we like having, we like being challenged. Um, they see me, they challenge me, they have their eyes on me and they don't let me gaslight myself, yeah. deny my needs, um, hide my emotions from myself because they, they know me well and they can read me well, even when I can't read myself. So yeah, all of that. And also I have the most beautiful group of friends. I have a beautiful family, I have a beautiful partner. So I have lots of people in my life giving me stuff that tops me up and keeps me full of love and joy and happiness and connection and recognition and all the things that that we all need that are really important for us all. And and absolutely beautiful. And what I take from it, and certainly, you know, we're both coaches, you know, you're, you're in a, you're in the transactional world as well, or analysis and therapeutic side. And obviously we will talk and encourage and, and, you know, explain the beauty and the the, the benefit of having coaching but actually listening to you then with the volume that you do on yourself as well it really is so valuable I mean when I look at and talk to my clients as well just in a few sessions 
the transformation in terms of, you know, someone who is seen, valued and heard goes a bit deeper in terms of their thinking, looks at what's around them, narratives that might be influencing belief systems and, you know, can just pull that out from a conversation, just working with somebody is quite incredible. And I mean, I obviously highly recommend, but even just listening to you now, there's so much goodness and richness in everything that you've just offered to everyone listening. There's so much benefit in it as well. There's so much. I, I honestly wouldn't be where I am in, in terms of my business success. That, that's, that's one thing. And that is important. It's important to, you know, that, that the money's coming in. It's important that I'm reaching people and impacting people. That, that's the true currency that I'm paid in. Um, so, so my business success is important. And I wouldn't be in the position I'm at in terms of the, the, the range of the, the the full range the scope of impact that I've, I've I'm lucky enough to have at the moment if I hadn't had the coaching I've had but yeah. more importantly to me is the relationship with myself and the relationships I have with people in my world the richness of intimacy in my friendships in my family relationships and with my partner is huge and I wouldn't have that I couldn't have that if it wasn't for the coaching I've had when I get myself mirrored back at myself when I get questions about why how who with with coaches showing curiosity about how and why I'm showing up in the way I am that stuff has all led me to meet myself further so that I can meet others further so the levels of intimacy in my life right now are rich and nourishing right to my core so I know that coaching has has given me that the business success and the rich intimacy um and I I love the the knowing that I can give that to other people it's incredible and goes back to in fact actually this was a conversation we had before we started recording the present moment counts we are you know I often talk about purpose and you know purpose can be futuristic it can be goal setting it can be what am I here to do in service of others helping others whatever that might be is a big a big kind of drive if you like but actually purpose is also a paradox it's both and it's the future but it's also here and now it's Mm. us you and I engaging in this now it's whoever's listening to this paying attention present in this moment taking what you can and what you need to it's engaging with the individual that we see outside family personal relationships what it might be or just someone you meet and smile at in the street whose day changes because you smile this present moment matters and when we're able to heal ourselves and work together with ourselves we're able to have that relationship and connection and really in a fulfilled way and really live deeply so we don't get the the red rag to the ball she said it yes so we don't (laughs) feel that so we're you know that we can be present and enjoy the moment for what it is I'm I'm so much less now I've done so much work on myself as in you know years and years and years of weekly psychotherapy coaching and supervision which is vital when we do what we do isn't it um I'm so much more able to be in the here and now and Mm. less likely to go spiraling off into anxiety about what might be coming up or worries about what I did said thought in the past yeah I'm now more often than I've ever been and I think working toward that as a goal um ironically working toward being in the here and now as a goal is is the best goal that we can have yeah yeah and we can get there by all sorts of things that, that raise our awareness in the here and now you know the five four three two one exercise is very very powerful where we is that the Mel Robbins one no. I don't know who no. it's from 
it was told to me at, okay um, yeah it's a family event that I was a bit stressed in looking you know um notice the name five things you can see okay. four things you can hear three things you can touch two things you can smell and one thing you can taste and that will bring you with all of your senses into this moment so yeah, yeah I love that exercise but breath work journaling yoga yeah. meditation, mindfulness all of that kind of stuff helps to regulate our nervous systems and bring us into the here and now beautiful absolutely I'm right on the same page as you Lucy this has been so rich it's absolutely incredible What's important that we haven't or you haven't had the opportunity to, to, to say in this moment here and now that you might like to? I think to encourage our listeners to, to do the work, and I know that they already are because they're listening to this podcast, mm. which is obviously a, a rich source and resource of all things good and, and beautiful, but to carry on doing the work on yourself because, and that. The saying that I said at the beginning of the podcast is so important. We can only meet ourselves, we can only meet others as far as we've met ourselves. Mm. And knowing as well that others can only meet us as far as they've met themselves, it only takes one of us in a relationship to make that relationship a lot more healthy than it started out as being. So take responsibility, do the work for yourself, on yourself, and that will help you to be of service to the other people in your world because it will help all of your relationships to be more helpful helpful and healthy healthy I love that yes brilliant absolutely beautiful if anyone's been utterly inspired or they'd like to get in contact with you understand more of what you're up to where can they find you Lucy so my website um I have two websites at the moment I've got um two fancy no (laughs) transition (laughs) the dash power dash institute.com and then there's I am Lucy Power, all one word.com. Um, and people can email me at Lucy at I am Lucy Power.com as well, or find me on social media. I'm mainly on Instagram and Facebook. I'm not massively a fan of LinkedIn or Twitter, but yeah, come and find me on, on Facebook or, or Instagram. And I'd be glad to, to, to talk to you, to anybody. Wonderful. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining me, Lucy. This has been beautiful. So You're good. Really Thank you for having me. I always love being anywhere near you, Natalie. Your energy is so beautiful, so light and welcoming and warm. So thank you for having me too. Thank you. We might we'll have to get together soon actually and catch up in person. <gasps> Crazy. <laughs> what? You might, you might be really tall and really short. I just wouldn't know. You wouldn't know, exactly. This would be so interesting. <laughs> Oh, thank you and thanks everybody for listening take care look after yourself keep well you have been listening to seize the day with natalie miller snell if you've enjoyed this show please head over to seize the day.simplecast.com for all of my other shows if you're interested to hear more about coaching please visit nmscoaching.co.uk If you'd like to chew the fat over some of the topics in these podcasts, please come and join me at my Facebook group, Dare to Be You. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening.